Ah, this is the... Oh, wait, no. We actually know what we're talking about. This is Four Quarters. Great episode for you guys. Quarter one, we covered NFL Week 4. Covered the Bengals, the Jags, Cowboys, Browns, Bucks, Chargers. Talked about Carolina. Is act, Are they actually good? The NFC East Nightmare. And much more. Josh Allen for MVP. Quarter two, we hit the NBA Finals. Talked LeBron's legacy. Me and Brad fought about MJ and LeBron for probably the hundredth time. Quarter three, talk some college football. Who's making college football playoffs? Do we like three SEC teams in the college football playoffs? Quarter four, the biggest NFL what-ifs. Guys that could have been Hall of Famers, could have been all-time greats, but just couldn't get it right on the field, off the field, left, ended their careers too early, whatever it may be. That's our show for today. All right, let's jump right in. And we're live. Apparently Brad's been turning me down on the mic because he doesn't want everybody to hear my hot takes and the fact that I'm right. I don't turn you down intentionally. You just aren't that loud. Sabotage. There's no sabotage going here. Anyways, hopping right in. Quarter one, NFL week four is still technically underway. Eagles 49ers are playing right now. Uh, Not a great Sunday night game, but the day games have wrapped up and me and Brad want to talk about it. Yeah, so let's jump right into Cowboys-Browns. Phenomenal game. Listen, I told you the Browns were going to win. I had a very good feeling that the Browns were going to win. I didn't expect it to happen this way with them scoring, what, 49 points, 48 points? They scored all the points. All the points. But I do have to give credit where credit is due. The Cowboys look good in the fourth quarter. Again, that's all they can do, play in the fourth quarter. For me, that's a lot of too little, too late with the Cowboys. Their defense is not very good, and Dak Prescott seems to... He seems to play great when it really doesn't matter. And if you're coming in against a Browns team that is very talent, much like yourself, the Cowboys and Browns, like I said last week, last podcast, are the same team. And I think the Browns needed this win, or the Cowboys needed this win, to kind of keep the boat up, if that's too early to say that this earlier in the year. But Cowboys don't look good right now. I don't really have a lot of hope for them going down the stretch. Their defense is absolutely awful. It's disgusting. It's horrid. It's horrid. I mean, I mean, Baker Mayfield torched them through the air. He 100% did. And I don't think a lot of people are going to say that, you know, this is another example of Baker Mayfield being the top guy. He's back. You know, OBJ has three touchdowns. This offense is so high-powered. And, again, let's take into consideration the defense that they're playing. Cowboys is basic. The Cowboys defense is basically Swiss cheese. Let's not get hyperbolic about this. When you can't you can't hype up Baker too much because he still only had 165 yards through the air. Exactly. I mean, he underperformed. I mean, you score 49 points and you're only throwing 160 yards passing. So clearly, it's a run dominant defense or a run dominant offense. So when that run gets stopped, can Baker be the guy that gets you in a shootout? Because Baker didn't win this shootout. The Browns won the shootout. It wasn't Baker. Now Dak, 502 and four touchdowns. That is winning the shootout in my mind. He just came up a touchdown short because they got off to a slow start. But the Cowboys' offense looks good. I mean, I got to say, they just can't stop anybody. They can't stop a nosebleed, but the offense looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, well, they did at the end of the game. I mean, they, they, they struggled at first. They just weren't just they just they weren't playing well. Yeah, they definitely eventually came they, out flat. They figured something out, I guess, in the second half. I mean, they, didn't, they still didn't even play that well in the third quarter. They were scoreless in the second and third and scored 24 in the fourth. So the, clearly they have these this potential and ability for offensive explosion, but it's it's not looking like something that's sustainable. They did this against the Falcons. They just got lucky that it was the Falcons who love to choke football games. So I just I don't know. I don't I'm not buying into this Cowboys team and I'm not buying into this Browns team. This was a game that was kind of to be expected, uh it to be a close game because like I said, these teams are the same team. The Browns and the Cowboys are exactly the same. Except maybe the Browns have a little bit of a better defense, but it's not like they showed up today. So this is the same team. That's why this game was so close. But also, when you have two teams that are really similar, it always turns out to be a good game. But I don't think you can look at either of these two teams and say they're contenders. No, I, I don't. I don't think you could. I mean, especially looking at the, the, the division that the Browns are in. I mean, yeah. they're not going to get – if they were going to do anything, they have to get into a wild card spot. They're not going to get one of the top – seeds because they win the division well seven teams go into the playoffs now so that 
boosts their chance. I mean, it does, but I still don't. I mean, I think they might squeak in. I honestly wouldn't be surprised they, if they squeaked in. They may. I mean, they're three and one. They're first. That's the first time being three and one in well, I think forty years or something. Like yeah, that. something ridiculous. I no, mean, no, no, not forty. I think two thousand seven was the last time they did it. Still, that's forever ago. It's a long time, but. I do have questions about the Cowboys getting in because they don't seem like they're really playing with a lot of fire. It seems they're very up and down. They're not getting a lot of consistency. Um, and the Cowboys are in probably the worst division in football right now in the NFC East. Yeah, but where I think they get lucky is that they're in the NFC East because they're going to have a lot easier chance to get that number one spot in the division. I mean, you could, they're yeah. 0-3 and they're one game back. You could get into the playoffs by accident. I think that's what the Washington football team is trying to do. They're trying to fall into the playoffs by accident they're leading the division if you wake up this you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and the washington football team is going to be leading the nfc east do you know why because everybody lost well yeah i mean well except the eagles still have to lose but they're gonna lose i mean they're playing the 49ers who are still very beat up but they're still gonna win i mean they destroyed the giants last week and the eagles are debatably worse than the giants because it's the giants or it's because it's the jets or the giants or whomever both new york teams will probably combine for about three wins and the jets won't have one of them yeah, I, I can honestly see that happening. Um, so, moving on to the next game, Bucks another, Chargers. Another high-scoring, great QB game. Yeah, Tom Brady looked phenomenal, threw for five touchdowns. <sighs> I benched him in fantasy. That was a terrible – I mean – 42. Uh, he's, been, he's been playing subpar for the past three games, so I decided that this week was going to be the week that I sat him, put in Deshaun Watson for him, which wasn't a terrible idea. No, I mean, Deshaun's still But well. put up 42. So. Yeah. Tough. Uh, it's tough to see that forty-two on the bench, but I, it's cool. I was kind of surprised. It seemed like what he was, what he did today was kind of similar to what he did in New England, when he didn't have very great receivers because OJ Howard got hurt. Correct. Mike Evans got hurt, but he still played, but he still wasn't one hundred percent. And then they had what Marquise Godwin, or what, what's his first name, Godwin, that guy. Yeah. He didn't play at all today either. Right. So I mean, they them, and that's their like big receivers that they have on that team. Right. So I think it showed that Tom is still Tom. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, he played very well. Now, the game started off poorly. I think it was 24-7 at one point. Well, he threw a 74-yard pick six, so. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, and I was like, this is ridiculous. The The Bucks aren't good. Oh, it was looking bad. I was uh, on the golf course today keeping up with the games, and I was ready to come in here and just annihilate Tom Brady and the Bucks. But, you know, he's Tom Brady. He's comeback Tom. Um and really, I think this is a good sign for the Bucks. Now, I think you're worried if you're that defense, you gave up a lot of points to a rookie, which is never good. You don't want to give up points to a rookie no matter how good they are. Um, but you give up 31 to Justin Herbert, who really didn't even expect to play this year. I think you got some kinks to work out. And I think, you know, you kind of expected the Bucks to struggle just a little bit. They are still working out kinks on offense. That offense still doesn't look like a well-oiled machine. But... It was a good sign today that they got some things together and were able to like mount a comeback. I think that's a good sign. I still think this offense has a long way to go, but I still think they're contenders. No, I agree with that. I mean, I think they'll they're looking like the best team in the NFC South right now. Super Bowl team. That's I think that's still in question, but I think that you can't leave them out of the conversation for it. I mean, I think they're going to have a lot to prove. I think they're going to be a lot of, like a lot of things they have to do to get there. I don't think they're ready to play for a Super Bowl now. Nobody is, but I think I still need to see a lot more from this team before I go, this is a team that can win the Super Bowl. Like the Chiefs, I believe that's a team that can win the Super Bowl 100%. right now. Not even the Ravens, I don't think. It's really the Chiefs are the only team, maybe it's because they just won, but it's they're really the only team that looks like they're firing on all cylinders. Well, I mean, they've probably won the best game of the season so far, beating the Ravens. Well, even the Ravens don't look... I mean, they didn't look. I honestly didn't think they looked that great against Washington. They didn't at all. That's a game. I mean, they only scored 31 points where they really probably should have put up 50. Now, Lamar didn't play towards the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, which, of course, not. And RG3 threw a pick that that Washington scored on. I almost did it again. Almost, but I caught myself. You did. I'm getting better. Did you watch Dwayne Haskins play? No, I didn't want to waste it. It wasn't terrible. I mean, no, he didn't have a bad day, but, I mean, going into that. Going against the Ravens, I wasn't thinking he was going to do much. I think we expect, just to touch on Dwayne Haskins, I think we always expect first-rounders to be special. And I think that's why we put so much pressure on Dwayne, because he's not stepping in and being that special talent straight away that we see a lot of these first-rounders do. And I think 
Dwayne Haskins is probably closer to a Daniel Jones, a Daniel Jones type of first rounder than say a Joe Burrow type first rounder. He's more towards that lower side, probably going to need a lot of help, need a better O line, a better running, a better football team. Basically, it's not helping him that his roster is one of the worst in the league right now. But Dwayne isn't. Dwayne Haskins isn't. I don't want to say he's not special, but he is not of. He's not and never will be that upper echelon of quarterbacks. He's going to be a middle-of-the-pack guy if he can get some help around him, which is nothing wrong with that. You can win games that way, but the Washington football team has a lot to put around him that they just don't have, and I think that's a lot of the reason that he's not playing well. He does have things to work out. Let's not say he's fully polished, but he doesn't have a lot going for him, and I think we need to kind of tone it down when we talk about Dwayne Haskins and give him the benefit of the doubt to an extent, not making excuses for him. He makes some horrible throws that you can't make as an NFL quarterback. But there's a lot going into his struggles. Well, I was going to say, because earlier in the season, he was not playing well at all. And I agree with everybody who was bashing on him because it was awful. I mean, yes, I see what you're saying. Like They don't have any weapons on, at all on offense. Zero. Like, they have Terry McLaurin, and that's it. That's it. That's where the, and, that, and, I mean, he's good, but, I mean – he can't do it alone. No, that's what I'm saying. He's not He's not that one guy that can carry a whole team. No, it's not how that works in the NFL. I mean, he's a definitely a number one receiver, 100%. Well, yeah. Yes. Why did you hesitate? You don't think Terry McLaurin's a number one? No, I think he is, just not on every NFL team, but that's obvious. Mm. I think a lot of people would be happy to have Terry. Oh, no, there's definitely a lot of teams that would. He would be the number one on Carolina. Don't you hesitate with me. I always hear Carolina fans, we don't have receivers. Our receiving core is so bad. I mean, he would help. That's why Cam Newton sucked, huh? Well, yeah. We didn't have any receivers when we have Cam. But Robbie Anderson is performing very well. Get out of here. All right. We're going to move on. Bengals and Jags. I really don't know why you have this game on here outside of Joe Burrow. Uh, That's why I have it on there because Joe Burrow got his first win. And he's the first rookie to throw for 300-plus yards in his first three starts. All right. I have to say. I was a little hesitant about Joe Burrow for a couple reasons. One, it's the Bengals, who is an absolute dumpster fire of an organization. They don't have a great offensive line. He does have a solid running back in Joe Mixon who's helping him out. He does have A.J. Green, albeit an old and decrepit A.J. Green. He does have T. Higgins. He does have Tyler Tyler Boyd. He does have some pieces around him. We can't deny that. Now, he's not in the same situation as Dwayne Haskins, but he's not in a great situation by any means. He's got a couple pieces of talent and a bad head coach and a bad O-line. That O-line is awful. So that was one of the reasons that I was worried about Joe Burrow coming out of the draft. The second is that guy got beat out by, like, two people and transferred and did all that stuff. He wasn't really revered in college, all right? Third thing, he was a 20 – how old was he when he – graduated from LSU 23 20 I think he was 23 23 so he's a 23 year old fifth year senior so he had a lot more time to learn the position of quarterback and really develop and all of that and it was really a one-hit wonder so that's why I was like man he drafted him number one is he really going to be that special are we going to see some struggles but it's starting to look like he's still the guy he's still Broadway Joe he's still that same guy quarterback we saw at LSU so I think I was a little bit wrong on Joe Burrow, and I do think he's a rookie of the year front runner, front runner, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Do you think you can put Justin Herbert in the conversation? No, not right now. I mean, he only right he, what he's only played what two weeks? Yeah, no, he's I played mean, three weeks now. Two? No, he's played three. Two. He played the Chiefs. He's played Carolina, and then he played the Bucks today. Oh, that's right. I forgot he beat Carolina. Um, he didn't beat Carolina. Oh, thank he, you very much. Carolina oh, right, has won right, the past right, two right, weeks. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. You should be. Um, if we we can look at. Um, Justin Herbert's stats. I mean, he's 0-3 right now, so I'm not sold on him. I mean, if you look at... Okay, but but he has played the Chiefs and the Bucks, Right. And he almost they almost beat the Chiefs. 641 passing yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Eh. I mean, he's not putting up crazy numbers, he's but... He's not. I think you can... I don't know if he's... Maybe you can put him in the conversation just for fun. I don't think he has any chance of winning it. I just think you can commend him for his ability to kind of step in and be thrust into the starting role way sooner than he anticipated. Way sooner than he anticipated. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, still, I mean, I still think he's he's performing well enough. to where they. I think they should be winning, but I don't know how they lost to Carolina last week. I don't know either. Carolina's not that great. 
before we good. Mo- before we move on, I want to touch back on the Washington football team and what I watched in that game today. Ron Rivera actually called a timeout. What do you think about that? I think he's listening to everybody else. No, he's not. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, because it seemed in the first three games he had a very key idea of just, you know, playing conservatively. Let's, you know, we're still rebuilding. And I disagree with that. There's a lot of people that say, oh, they're rebuilding, so why would they try everything to win? And I'm like, okay, I see your point. This year is definitely a learning year for the Washington football team. They have to figure out who they are, figure out what they have, figure out who's not going to be on the team next year. They're rebuilding their culture. But at the same time, you have a second-year quarterback in Dwayne Haskins who needs some confidence building. And those end-of-game areas, you still need to teach him. It's still good to call a timeout and go, okay, you know, let's get three stops here. Let's throw Dwayne back out there. Dwayne, can you drive the field with two timeouts and a minute and a half, 60 yards? You know, those are still things that he needs to work on, especially in a real game, even though you're blown out. You still need to kind of drill that in a live-action situation against another team in a regular season game. It's really important for his growth and development. So I'm not – I don't buy the not calling timeouts because we don't want to get people hurt. Okay, if you don't want to get people hurt, pull out your biggest stars if you really don't want to get them hurt. But Dwayne Haskins still needs time to develop, so I never bought into that timeout stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think think it could just be him trusting the team more. And maybe going in and thinking, okay, let me do these game scenarios. I mean, earlier he said he he just doesn't want, he doesn't think that those are the guys that they're like mature enough as a team yet. Is kind of what, how he said it. Maybe it's the way I read it. What as to what he said based off of not calling timeouts at the end of games. But I think now maybe he's like, okay, let's try this out and see what they can do. Hmm. Yep. All right. We were talking about Carolina, and I really am upset that you have this on on our talking points. Why is this here? Because they've looked really good the past two weeks. All right. For, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, we have our little outline set up. We have our talking points for quarter one, and one of them is Carolina actually good. No, Brad. No, they're not. Why are they not? Tell they're me not. how. Okay, so they beat who? The Chargers, and they beat the uh, Cardinals today. Okay. Let me break this down for you. They beat the Chargers because the Chargers are an injured team. They lost lost their best defender in Derwin James. They lost their preferred starter in Tyrod Taylor to a RJ, Dr. RJ shaky hands. And they have a rookie quarterback who doesn't really know how to win games, is still learning how to play quarterback in the NFL. Carolina has a decent defense and a veteran, more prepared quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. So that's why they beat the Chargers. Now, why did they beat – give me the other team they beat. I'm forgetting. They beat the Cardinals today. The Cardinals. Okay. Second-year quarterback in Kyler Murray, who is clearly struggling struggling behind that offensive line. I'll get back to Kyler in a second and the discussions of Kyler winning the MVP and why that was so crazy. They also played a team, Carolina also played a team that really doesn't have a great defense outside of Buda Baker, Buda Baker and Chandler Jones. Patrick Peterson is aging, not the same cornerback he used to be. Teddy Bridgewater's not a bad quarterback. They don't have a terrible receiving core, and they got decent running backs that are now taking the role Mike Davis is performing very well. Okay, that's cool. This team is not a playoff team. By any stretch. I think they'll squeak in. By any stretch. I think they'll squeak in. Brad, what? (laughs) You are out of your mind. No, I think they have a chance. Brad. What? Bradley Jeffers. What? You think Carolina's going to make the playoffs and – the Patriots are going to go 12-4 and four and win the Super Bowl. Those I'm, are your two takes for the NFL season? Okay, the Patriots have a chance to win the Super Bowl. No, they, they don't. Will go 12 no, and they four. don't. Yes, they do. No, they do yes, not. They There's do. too many good teams. First of all, the Patriots are going to be a seven seed in the AFC. That's a foregone conclusion. The Panthers are not going to squeak into the NFC pay- playoffs. They're not going to. They're going to finish second in the division. Behind Tampa Bay. Yeah. And ahead of New Orleans. Yeah. Get off this podcast. New Orleans Get isn't out. that good. Get out. New Orleans isn't that good. It's still Drew Brees and the Saints and Sean Payton. They're going to run roughshod over the Carolina Panthers. This team does this every year. They win one game, and Panthers fans are, oh. They've won two. Right? Okay, two games. And nobody thought that they Sick. would be two and two. Sick. Sick. Nobody thought. Nobody There's a lot of really bad two and two teams out there. So the Houston Texans are 0 and 4. Are you telling me that the Texans are worse than the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. You're out of your mind. No, they lost to the Vikings today. The Vikings aren't good. The Vikings have talent. 
Yeah, they do, but they're not good. You can have talent, but also I have got to stop picking Vikings game. That's a moratorium. I'm never picking another Vikings game because if I pick them, they play like they've never played football before. And when I pick the Texans or pick whoever's against them, it's like they could win the Super Bowl. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah, I think I've gone against you every time in those games, and I've come out on top. The Vikings need to have a conversation with me because I hate them right now. Moving on from that stupid question of are the Carolina Panthers good, the NFC East is an absolute nightmare. There are a combined two 11-1 tie. I think I'd rather be 2-12 than two 11-1. I hate ties. Yeah, I hate ties. Um, So that's just the worst division in football right now, and I really think what we need to look at with this division, they're bad. They're all bad. And this is the Cowboys division to run away with, and they're not doing it right now. So that's a bad sign for cow- the Cowboys. But what I think we need to take away from a division like this is, is we're going to run into a situation where probably a team with a losing record or um, flat 500 record is going to squeak into the playoffs over a team that's like, say, 10-7 and seven or 10-6 and six but didn't win their division and is going to lose a playoff spot because somebody in this division – won it with a losing record just because it was so bad. So here's my thing. you If you have a losing record and you win your division, you don't get to make the playoffs. The second best team in another division does based off record and things like that. They kind of tried to do that with this year's playoffs, letting in another wild card spot. But I just do not want to see losing record teams in the playoffs because they have a losing record for a reason. And the only reason they make the playoffs is because of a division that can't beat the wet, beat their way out of a wet paper bag. No, I hate that a team with a without with a losing record will get into the playoffs this year. It'll 100% happen because I don't see any team in that division getting eight games, seven at the most. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just think see- about it. Like it, this probably will not happen because the offense in Washington is abysmal. <sighs> Let's just say. The Washington football team is leading the NFC East right now. If that progresses throughout the year, this team is going to limp into the playoffs and then get annihilated. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. No, because what would they play? The second seed? The second seed? Team. Yeah. Second team. I mean, that's not going to be entertaining at all. Goodbye. That's like watching the, the game today with the, when the, they played the Ravens. Yeah, there's no point in turning on the TV. No, that's why I didn't watch it. So, I mean, I watched, like, you know, when I had it on Red Zone. If you so. look at it from a ratings perspective, you don't want to put losing teams in the playoffs because it's not interesting because it's, there's no chance of them really making it a competition. I guess there is a chance, but I'd rather see two really good teams go against each other than the two seed getting to play a losing record team, a losing record squad that got lucky, that lucked into the playoffs. Because it really doesn't look like any of these teams in the NFC East want to make the playoffs, honestly. I don't think any of them deserve to make the playoffs. Not at all. They're, they're just not, they're not good teams. Not no. at all. The NFC East is a total nightmare. And speaking of nightmares, the NFL overall has kind of had a nightmare this past week with COVID outbreaks across a couple teams. Um, yeah, I, think this, I think this is a little hyperbolic because it was really only the Titan, Titans that really mishandled their COVID protocols. Yeah. Um, and I read something, I believe, from Adam Schefter where it said, it's not a lack of protocol. It's not the protocol's fault. It's the Titans' inability to follow those protocols. Well, didn't, didn't they already get fined for not following it on the sidelines? I believe so, yes. But now you have 18, 18 members of your team and staff test positive. Eagles go up 6-0 in the first quarter, by the way. But you have 18 members of your staff test positive. Now you force the Steelers to take their bye week in week four when they didn't want to. They had a week seven schedule for a bye week. Now they have to take it in week four, and it probably is going to throw the Steelers' mojo off. Luckily, they get a nice little confidence booster in Philadelphia. But I think, you know, we had – Cam test positive for Carolina. They got on that. You mean for New England? Ooh, excuse me. Cam tested positive for New England. They got on that, moved that game to Monday. Cam's out. They make sure everybody else is good, and they just move on. So it's really just Tennessee that's having a COVID problem, not the NFL. And I want to ask you this question. Do you think that the Titans should have forfeited this game? Because now they're in danger of not being able to play their game next week. I think... Possibly the NFL maybe could have forced it on them. Maybe not necessarily them having to forfeit themselves. I mean, just because it was caught early in the week. Like, if it had been, like, Saturday, yes, 100%. But it's not like it was an accident. It's not like uh, – clearly nobody intentionally got it. But the 
origin of their COVID outbreak was from a lack of ability to follow protocol. That should come with a steeper punishment. The Steelers shouldn't get punished by missing a game because the Titans couldn't follow protocol. Now, people are going to say, oh, Adam's just saying this because he wants the Steelers to be 4-0 whenever. No, that's cool. We're going to be 5-0 pretty soon, so it's fine. I'm not worried about that. It's If you're the Titans, you need to face a pretty steep punishment so everybody understands, hey, the only way we get to play football this year is if we're to the T perfect. And 18 guys based on not being able to follow protocol, is not perfect. It's not even close to good. It's bad. You have to follow protocols. And whatever you're doing that isn't following protocol, were you out partying? Do you not know better? Like, what Like what were they doing? So I think, yes, they should have to forfeit a game. Say you? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd agree with it. I mean, I, I think it's necessary. you got to teach somebody just like what they didn't do to the Astros because now, you know, they didn't get anything. They didn't get a punishment there, and we see what happened, you know, you know, everything's just going fine and dandy for them. But anyways, um, but I I don't know how they would have been able to do it. What do you mean? For make them forfeit? Yeah, I mean, I think that there would have been a lot of like. It's a punishment. What are they going to do? You broke protocol. You have 18 players test positive. Fail. Let's see if you can forfeit. Loss. Let's see if you can make it in again next week. Because a part of winning is preparation, right? They're not prepared to play the game. So you lose it. That's it. Bye. And then if they were not to not be able to play the game again next week, then you're three and two because you can't follow protocol. That's what, you know, that's what it's about. We talk about this all the time in sports. It's not just, you know, how you play when you get the chance to play. It's you have to be prepared to play. You have to have the ability to play. You have to have the availability to play. They're not following protocols, so they're not prepared, so they should lose. In my opinion, I feel like they should have forfeited. I didn't mean to get so hot about that. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think that it would make sense for them to forfeit, especially you could look at it like what the NBA did. When the NBA had players who broke protocol, those players were suspended or fi- and fined or whatever when they would leave the bubble to go out and do whatever. Yeah. Well, there's also precedent here. They kicked a guy off the Seahawks for breaking protocol when it comes to COVID because he tried to sneak that girl undressed as a player. Yeah, so I mean, I, you would so you would think already with that they would just go straight into – a forfeit or something like some something more some more steep punishment yeah. in my mind. Um, did you watch Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey throw punches simultaneously at midfield? Well, see, I was trying to see if I could find the video of like right before it. All the videos that I've seen is right after when yes. everybody's trying to break it up. Yes, but literally they said they walked to midfield, end of Rocky two type scenario where or end of Rocky type scenario where they just both threw a punch at the same time. Yeah, they were swinging, and I don't really know why. Apparently, there's a some type of beef between Golden State and Jalen Ramsey. I well, think. you saw what Jalen Ramsey did to Golden Tate earlier in the game. Yes. Which was sick. Massive hit. It was sick. Massive hit. It was a great tackle, too. But apparently, there's some connection. There's some personal uh, situation going on between the two. I think Jalen Ramsey used to date or have some type of relationship with Golden Tate's sister. Oh, and yeah. does have, I believe, two children with her or something oh. like that. And then there was a somewhat of a public breakup from what I saw. So I think there has been beef between Ramsey and Tate for a long time going into this game. And I think, you know, their tempers flared and nice little brawl post-football. Some fines to come, certainly. Well, I kind of wish they would have uh, they would play each other more then. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I like that. You like to see the fighting? No, not the fighting necessarily after the game, but I like a little I like a little beef on the field. No, I do like that. I think that's fun. I think that's a big part of football is the guys have a little bit of extra motivation, but I don't like the look of brawling after a game. Um I just don't think this is not because I think not because I think it's a bad look, but this just isn't the year for it, man. The NFL needs to look like they're buttoned up right now because they're taking a lot of heat for making these guys play during a pandemic. So the NFL needs to look Charmin Ultra Clean, that's the wrong reference. But you know, you understand what I mean. These guys, they have to look perfect right now because they're taking a lot of heat for what's going on playing during a pandemic. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't like the fact that there was a brawl after the game. That's not Football's not the place for that. I mean, if you wanted to do that, there's hockey. Yeah. Which is sick. I wish, you know, we could see something similar to that. But, you know. I, don't, I think it's just childish all around. I don't, I don't think there's a need to fight, especially after the game, after the whistles are blown. Some drawing, some smack talk. You guys get good hits in in between the whistles. I'm fine with that type of beef. But I get, like I said, I mean, nobody really got hurt. They're going to get some fines, so I'm not really going to lose sleep over it. So, What I am going to lose sleep over, though, 
is the Houston Texans are now 0-4. I'm going to lose sleep over it because I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. I want to see that guy win. So here's my thing. Fire Bill O'Brien. It's time to go. He can't win. He does nothing but make mistakes for the Houston Texans that make them lose. It's time for him to be out of Houston as the head coach and go be a coordinator or go be a pizza delivery man or something. Go be a grandpa and retire. There's no point in this man coaching NFL football because he can't do it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that he should have been fired after he traded DeAndre Hopkins for absolutely nothing. Immediately fireable offense. Immediately. So I don't, I don't understand how he's still there to begin with, especially losing to a Vikings team that was already so looked awful. They looked very the bad. They couldn't win game. at all. No, they couldn't score. They could. They had no. Their offense was awful. Yeah, it's just, it's not a good look, you know, if you're the Houston Texans. I mean, I granted the first three games, understandably going zero and three there, but this was definitely a week where you could, you could have, you know, hit the upswing, trend positive, but they didn't do it. So well, and I, the Texans were. The Texans were supposed to be good. They were seen as a team that was going to come in and, and be one of the front runners. Yeah. I mean, same with Minnesota. So, like, they were looking at this game to be a huge week four matchup. Bill O'Brien's the problem because the team put up some points. It's just Bill O'Brien's the issue. Well, yeah, their defense couldn't yeah. do anything. Bill O'Brien's got to get out. He just is not right for the mojo, the culture. Get him out of Houston. All right. We got one, two more things left in our quarter one. Josh Allen for MVP. I could see it, but I still got Russ over him, at least right now. No, I mean, no, no, yeah, I, I, I feel Russ, but I definitely think Josh Allen is pushing himself into the conversation, and if not this year, next year he's got a shot at getting MVP because he looks really good right now. And he's another guy I was not high on coming out of the draft, but he looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, I like – I mean, he's just been performing well. I mean, they got him some weapons. They started to build up that offense around him. Their defense is playing well. They just look good all together, and I don't see why he's not at least top three – right now I think MVP. I think he is I think he should I think he in my mind he is I don't know how, where he is um in the minds of some voters but he looks amazing and Buffalo looks really good right now Buffalo yep. looks really good right now could you see them and the Chiefs in the AFC championship I could actually actually it kind of leads me into my next point the Brown or not the Brown Jesus let me not say that <clears throat> Let me make sure I get this right. The Buffalo Bills are my dark horse Super Bowl team for this year. I can see that. They have a chance. Now, everything has to go right. They kind of need to button up the secondary, but the Bills are my dark horse Super Bowl team. What about you? Oh, dark horse Super Bowl team? Mm-hmm. See, I mean, the Bills are a good one. Um, You know, you know. I mean, I guess I mean New England would be mine, but I don't know if you can call them a dark horse. They are. <laughs> That's laughable, is what that is. No, they would have to be mine. I did, they're gonna. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do without Cam these next couple weeks. Obviously, because he'll be out due to his positive test. But I could. I think that I would have to call them my dark horse team. Well, that's laughable and wrong. But anyways, on to quarter two tonight. The NBA Finals continue with Game 3. The Lakers are taking on Miami. Uh, Miami's actually up four right now at halftime, 58-54, but I don't know if they can continue that. Are the injuries really hurting this Heat team, or do you think it would have mattered? I don't think it would have mattered necessarily because like in Game 1 already, you saw that the Lakers were dominating when uh, Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic were on the floor. But... Now that they're gone, I mean, tonight they're obviously performing well. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jimmy, but- yeah, Jimmy Butler's got 19 already in the first half. He's 8 for 12. He's playing pretty well. But, I mean, LeBron's got 16. He's doing his thing. But I think, regardless, I don't think anybody would match up with AD at all. And Bam, he- probably. But I mean, yes, but I don't see that still. It's not a great matchup. Everybody knew coming into this series that the Heat weren't going to pose a real threat to the Lakers. I think fully healthy, they may maybe squeak out a game, maybe two. But when you have injuries like that, it's only going to make it easier for the Lakers, who are already a good team. So I don't think it's really hurting the Heat that much. It's a shame. You would love to see teams be fully healthy. But I'd, a fully healthy Heat team is not really putting up any competition against the Lakers. Well, no, and I mean, if you're looking at the game right now, at half, AD's only shot the ball twice. Yeah. So, you know, that's 
a little bit interesting discussion on the Lakers' part. They struggle to really find who they want to throw their offense through, but when they make the decision, we're going all through LeBron or all through Anthony Davis, they're a tough team to beat. Um, so they're still working on their chemistry, and with that being said, they still are about to win the NBA Finals. But this kind of brings me into a question about LeBron's legacy because I see you have it written down, and I'm going to say something that's going to make you very mad. LeBron didn't really have any competition this year, big big fella. Why? What do you mean, why? Tell me why. How? Who was his first-round opponent? I don't even remember. They weren't. Exactly. Were, Portland. Por- oh, so yeah. Let me refresh your memory. Okay, well, hold on. They're, they're just, they just match up better. Five-game series. They're, they don't match up better. Portland is a historically bad team with just two good guards and nobody else. They don't have a really reliable third-scoring option outside of Yusef Nurkic, who's just a big man. And then name the next player. They have C.J. McCollum. And I just said two Dane good Lillard. guards. I just said two good guards. Well, that's it. That's right, exactly. So you just made my point for me. Thank okay, you. So, but who is their second-round team? The small ball Houston Rockets who don't have a center over 6'5". Okay, bet. Who is their third-round team? The Denver Nuggets who squeaked out of a seven-game series against the Clippers. And now they're playing who? The Miami Heat, who are a fifth seed, who meandered their way into the finals because Giannis was hurt and the Milwaukee Bucks are posers, and the number two man in Milwaukee is none other than the bum Chris Middleton. Yeah, but how can you so say LeBron that So LeBron had a clear path to the title because he didn't have to face the juggernaut in L.A. It's not his fault. It's not his fault that L.A., that the Clippers didn't get their shit together. And it's not his fault that some of these teams are hurt. But you have to understand more than anything, this road is not very hard for LeBron right now. Not very hard for this Lakers team. They did not face a team that really challenged them throughout the bubble at all. Yes, they didn't place a team that would really challenge them because they were just that much better than them. The teams the teams they played were not just there because they just happened to be in the first, second, or third round of the playoffs. They beat a team, even with the, the Nuggets. They still beat the Clippers. Yes, I think the Clippers. And they still dominated the Clippers. So you can't say that. Who dominated the Clippers? The Nuggets. They did not dominate the. They did not. All right, they didn't dominate, but they still beat them. The Clippers beat themselves. Yeah, but even. Let's be real about that. Yes, they did, but the Nuggets still beat them. Previously to the Clippers, who did the Nuggets beat? Who was there before them? Exactly. Who was it? I can't remember. That's why I'm asking you. But it wasn't a notable team, clearly. The whole. The whole thing that these teams are set up for, was it for to be the Lakers and Clippers in the Western Conference Finals? That didn't happen because of some chemistry issues in L.A. and L.A. beating themselves. Right, Utah. That's Come on, man. So the Lakers got the easy draw. Now, would it have been much different if, he would, if the LeBron and the Lakers would have played the Clippers? Maybe, maybe not. But you have to admit and concede a little bit that this is just not – the hardest road. This is not a hard. No, it's path. not the hardest road. No, not at all. Right. But you can't say it's not a hard path. It's not a hard path. I mean, clearly nothing in the NBA is easy. But he's not playing juggernaut teams. No, because they all lost to a team that they beat. Who? Um, you can oh, just I see the- what you're saying, but. It's just because other teams have to go through injuries and not being able to handle business. That's on the fault of those other teams. LeBron has an easy road. That's all I'm trying to get you to admit. It's not his fault. I'm not saying it's his fault, but he's not playing great teams. Yes, but he's still dominating everybody, so what does it matter? What? What does it matter in the sense of his legacy if he's dominating these not great teams? Because you know who Jordan dominated? Yes, I understand. Some of the best. He dominated 22 Hall of Famers. He is the reason Charles Barkley doesn't have a ring. He's the reason Carl Malone doesn't have a ring. He's the reason Reggie Miller doesn't have a ring. He's the reason John Stockton doesn't have a ring. You understand this, correct? Yeah. Okay. Just so you know. LeBron is still Who better. did LeBron stop from getting a ring? You want to know who stopped him from getting a ring? Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Terry. Um, Dirk's tough. Don't ever hit on Dirk. Yeah, but that team should have not beat that Miami Heat team. There's no way Jason Terry and Dirk Nowitzki should be able to beat LeBron no, James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. That is a stain on his legacy and always will be. Name one time Jordan lost like that. Not one. When he made it to the finals, nobody beat him. Well, yeah, but Nobody even took him to a game seven. Yeah, because he started all, he had Don't even the best with me. teams in Don't the, even with the me. best teams in basketball. Don't even with me. 
The best teams in basketball. The best teams in basketball. Yeah. He's the best player of all time. Because he was on the best team in basketball. No. He was the best player on the best team and the best player in the NBA at that time, bar none. And he was the best player on the team when they were still doing cocaine in Chicago. Yes, but how many times has LeBron been on the best team in the league? He was the only reason. Team in the league? Well, arguably every year. But only because he, of him. I'm not with You're this. Only I'm not with, I'm not with this narrative that LeBron has not had teammates. Let's not he say that. He has had teammates, yes. Yeah, he's had really good teammates. This team, the Lakers team, is the best in the NBA, not because of LeBron, but because LeBron has himself, AD, Danny Green, but who's outside a veteran of his big presence. three with the Heat, he's never had a team where everybody's where uh, there's never been a outside season. of the Heat. This team, four years in Miami, the Cavs team with Kyrie. I still don't even think you could say that was the best team. Okay, well they were competing. Okay, we have gotten way off track. We do this every time. <laughs> what does this do for LeBron's legacy? For me, if he wins a fourth title in a third team, I'm not into it. I'm not about it. I don't really think it does much more. What is the third team? What does that really mean? He jumped from Cleveland to Miami, back to Cleveland to L.A. and won four, won four titles. What does that mean? That he can bring up players around him. He did it in Cleveland. I mean, I can't. you can't say 100% he's doing it here because he does have good players on this Lakers team. I mean, A.D. is debatably the best player in the league right now. But, I mean, I think it shows that he – you don't agree with that? Mm, he's the best player in the playoffs. Best player in the league. Mm. All right, next season he will he will be the best player. He'll win MVP next year. You think Anthony Davis is winning MVP next year? Yeah. Do you just – all right, Skip Bayless. Max Kellerman. You're Max Kellerman. Let's see. No, because everything that I'm saying is going to happen. Anthony Davis is not winning an MVP next year. Um, I mean, I don't – maybe it boosts his legacy, but I'm not, I'm not sold on the idea of winning a fourth title on a third team is a credit, is that much of a step for LeBron and his legacy. Because – you know who's still a 6-0 and in the finals? Michael Jordan. You know who never got taken to a Game 7 in the finals? Michael Jordan. You know who didn't have to travel to three teams on super teams to win finals? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was already on a super team. He wasn't on a super team. Yes, Not was. when he got drafted. No, but they built it into a super team. Why? Because he was there. Yes, but that's what anybody would do. They could have easily just traded anybody would do. That's what anybody would do with a great player. They would build a team around him. Right. You just called him great. Yes, I never said he so wasn't he great. he is the greatest of all time. How does me calling him great make him the greatest of all time? That because makes no sense. He is the greatest player on the greatest team of all time. Greatest of no, all time. No, that Warriors time. team is better than that team. No, it's not. Yes, it would. That Warriors team would be that Outstandingly not. Yes. No. Yeah. Michael Jordan's the GOAT. LeBron's the GOAT. Michael Jordan is on. the GOAT. What the what's the criticism that follows LeBron whether he wins or loses? Well, it's exactly what you just you just did. If LeBron were to lose, everybody would everybody would hate on him and say it's typical. Say he can't do it, and then when he wins, everybody's gonna say it was an easy route. No, no, no. Let me let me clarify. I don't think him having an easy route takes away from winning the finals. He has had a lot of other things to battle with: being in the bubble, being away from home. This is such an unconventional way to play an NBA season. Those are all challenges. And winning, beating an NBA team is not easy at all in a seven-game series. This finals does not have an asterisk. It is not less than any other finals that have ever been won. It is just like all the other finals we've played. LeBron James is going to have four titles. You cannot take away from that. He is the second best player to ever lace up his shoes. First. Okay, fine, whatever. He's the second best player to ever put a, to play basketball. My thing is I just want an acknowledgement to let's just look at the teams he had to play because we do it with Jordan when people tell – when people say that Jordan didn't have any competition, we have to have fair criticism of each. He didn't play a juggernaut this NBA Finals. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to detract from the win. He won, fair and square, or it's going to, down 14. I still think you're taking away from it, but that's okay. I just said I wasn't. No, it's okay. All right, four. He's still, he's still going to have four. That's fine. And he's still the GOAT, so it's okay. All right, we're going to move on because we could go literally all night on this. Uh, quarter three, college football, uh, best and worst. Oklahoma does not look good, man. No, it's, it's... Well, here's the thing. They lost to Iowa State, who was actually supposed to be a top 15 football team this year, and then dropped to Louisiana Lafayette. So that's the reason they're unranked. So Iowa State came out stumbling out of the gate. But Oklahoma is still starting a freshman quarterback. They still have a lot of learning to do. So maybe Oklahoma was not supposed to be this high at all, ever. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely don't think I would have put them that high 
this year because Spencer Rattler is still a good quarterback, but he's not like crazy ridiculous that I would keep them in the top ten to start the season, especially with the other teams that are in the that are playing right now. I don't. I didn't see them as a top ten team to start with. Yeah, no, they they were a little too high, and I'm not. I was surprised by the loss, um, but I mean, it wasn't like a blowout or anything. They lost by three in a close game to a good football team. I think they drop out of the top twenty, maybe even the top twenty-five at some point. I think they're unranked by the end of the year if they keep this up. I mean, unless they can get hot at the end of the season, but it's going to be tough with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten coming back. Perhaps, perhaps now. Uh, some of the best of college football, Clemson kept being Clemson, Bama kept being Bama, so we clearly have two teams that are going to make their way fully into the college football playoff. Um, my issue with college football this year, man, is it's just not exciting. It's not entertaining. Well, there just hasn't been any great games. like the And even with, like, Auburn and Georgia played, and that game wasn't even great because it was, it was a blowout. Yeah, I just – I'm not into watching these games because it's like, oh, are they playing this week or do they have COVID? Are they playing this week? Are they playing next week? Who are they playing? Are they playing a good team? Are they only playing crappy conference games because of COVID? It's just, I don't know. There's not much in college football drawing me to a TV right now. Maybe that's just me. No, I mean, I feel that. I mean, it's definitely a different season. I don't think, I think it's harder to watch just because there's not as many good games because you can't have all these top 25 teams playing each other because Usually within a conference, there's only there's only you know a small a number, too, yeah, maybe. exactly, yeah, and you can't have these guys travel. Um, I see here there's a possibility of three SEC teams in the college football playoff. Yes, I don't really have a problem with that. No, and I I I don't think that it's a bad thing because I think the best teams should be in the playoff. Now, what it does do though is it makes the college football very regional. Yeah, because it's gonna make everybody want to go to the SEC because that's no, where no, the best no. football is. What I'm saying is, oh, everybody watching, right? If you're Looking at this from a television perspective, you're going to have Florida, Bama. Uh, who would the third SEC team be? What? Hold on. Florida, Bama. Oh, I just saw it. Oh, Florida, Bama, and Georgia. Florida, Bama, Georgia, and then Clemson. Yeah. All four of those teams, not only – three of those teams are not only in the SEC, but all four of those teams are in the South. So you're going to have a very Southeast region college football playoff so people in California, New York, Washington, they're not going to watch that because they don't they're not close to these college football teams. So it's probably going to hurt ratings and I would think that this college football playoff probably going to be one of the lowest rated we've ever seen. One, because the energy is not in college football because there's no fans, and two, if you have four teams that are below <laughs> the middle of the country, nobody's going to watch it. Yeah, I mean, except I, for the people there. Well, we'll have to be I will have to see what. I mean, the only other team that I could see maybe making, you know, it interesting is like Ohio State. Well, we have to see Ohio State play. Now, that's where I think you might draw in that Ohio crowd if Ohio State makes the playoffs, obviously, which I think they have the shot to. I definitely think they have a chance to do so. So I think, you know, my front runners to make the college football playoffs, Clemson, Bama, Florida, Ohio State, Georgia, probably my top five. If you want to slide six in, I guess you could say Notre Dame. Um, but that's really it. I don't even think Notre Dame has that great of a chance. And really no, no other. I think they'll lose to UNC, so. That's fine. Actually, I don't even, I don't know if I'm not getting into that argument with you for the 80th time, Max Kellerman. Um, you want to shift on to quarter four? Yeah, we can get on into quarter four. Shift on into quarter four. So what we have for you guys today, the biggest NFL what-ifs. What guys that left the league too early who could have been Hall of Famers, all-time greats, if they had just stayed in the league? Who's yours? My biggest NFL what-ifs. Johnny Football. I mean, even though he he did play a little bit, but he got he just got himself into so much trouble. He couldn't keep his head straight. You think Johnny Manziel could have been a Hall of Famer? Say that to me into my face right now. Right, Hall of Famer is a bit aggressive, but <laughs> I preface this question: Who could have been all time greats if they'd have stayed in the NFL? Johnny Football is one of those guys. I mean, I think he could have been something. Get out of here, bro! You just like mediocrity. I'm convinced. Um, for me, it's Antonio Brown, um, not only because I'm a Steelers fan, just because what he was able to do as an NFL wide receiver is just his numbers were beyond crazy. He didn't play in the NFL for three years and still led the league in receiving. That's When you think about that, three whole seasons of being on the sidelines and still being a league leader is unreal. So if Antonio Brown could have kept his head together, kept staying in the league, just whatever he was dealing with, could have fought through that, he could have been the best receiver to play football, I believe. In my mind, could have been the best receiver to ever do it. Maybe number two, too. 
the goat, Jerry Rice. Randy Moss is better than Jerry Rice. <laughs> I mean that. I know you do. I'm not going to say anything to it. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, Antonio Brown could have been something really, really special, and it's a shame that we see him get pushed out of the league the way he did because he just couldn't keep his head straight. Now, maybe he has CTE from when Fontes Perfect turned him into a bobblehead, but I um, it's a shame to see Antonio Brown out of the league. I think uh, RG3. No. Yes. RG3 was never going to be like a Lamar type. He was fast but not a great thrower throw the ball didn't know how to get down he was bound to get hurt what happened to rg3 is what was gonna happen to rg3 all all the time yeah but if he still had figured out a way to remain healthy i still think he could have been great i think so people talk all the time about all oh, his career got derailed by injuries i'm like okay so let's look at the way they get hurt rg3 got hurt because he didn't want to rely on his arm and always relied on his legs and when the thing got things got dicey he ran away and it got him hurt, and he never learned how to get out of that. That's on him. Availability and your ability to keep yourself healthy based on your play style, that's on you. So I don't really blame injuries on RG3's career not taking off. I think it was his play style. Yeah, but I think he still could have I, – I don't know. I mean, it was at one time – I mean, yeah, he could have. He would have gotten hurt probably eventually, but, I mean, you can even look at Cam. I mean, Cam was similar. He didn't, never gets down. Oh, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer, so that's fine. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Zero Super Bowls. Right now. Okay, anyways. Um, I think another one for me is probably Megatron, Calvin Johnson. I was going to say that. I wish he would have not been in Detroit. Yeah. I don't know how Matt Stafford's still there. but I don't either. I don't know why he would still want to be there. I think Calvin Johnson could have made an argument to be the best receiver of all time if he'd have stayed there. I just think he was – I think he had a concussion problem, and he was just tired of losing. Much like Barry Sanders. The Detroit Lions are really good at making greats quit. <laughs> I'd also say Luke Keekley. I think he ended too early. I still think he'll get in, but. I think maybe, but there, I think, again, that's just concussions. He was making a business decision about his health and his brain. I think he dealt with a lot of head injuries. Well, he did. I think he had like seven. Yeah, too many. And, and I that think, was just in the NFL. Yeah, and I think he just decided that it's it wasn't worth it. Which I is mean, it made sense, but it broke my heart. Yeah, it hurt me, too. I mean, I'm a Luke Keekley guy, not a big Panthers fan, even though I'm from Carolina, but, you know. Um, is there another one? I feel like we're missing a really obvious one. I know. I feel like it's, like, right on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of what it is. I don't know. Well, if really we remember don't. it, we can tweet it out or something We can like definitely that. tweet it out. And we can let the fans decide, too. Um, guys, at our Twitter page, we're probably going to put a poll on this tonight just to make things fun. Um, also, we are on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. Please go hit follow, go hit subscribe, leave a review. Are we done? Are we wrapping it up? Yeah. All right, let's have a week. Yeah, Get after hard. it. And the pages are still going 12 and 4. Every episode you're going to end Every with this? Every single one. Brad Jeffers is Max Kellerman's cousin. That'd be pretty cool, but... Alright, get out of here. Page is still going to All right, bye guys. Don't let me into my zone. Don't let me into my zone. I'm definitely in my zone.